but I wanted to kind of know, like, Kent, you have a pretty awesome autograph collection yourself. I mean, we've been setting up. I do, yes. Yeah, we've set up at the expo together. I mean, yeah. you know, you and Amit share a booth. I'm right there. We set it up as one big shared booth. And we've been doing that for a lot of years already. But you've got a pretty extensive autograph collection yourself. And my question, you know, I wanted to number ask two things. Number one, my question would have been, did Bill, when you had Billy on your show, does he know about the extent of your autograph collection was one of them. And the second question was, does your autograph collection consist of more than just baseball cards? Because I remember you have a lot of baseball autos. Yeah. Do you have any entertainment, non-sport autos in your collection as well? I do. I, and Amit knows this. I have a lot. And even our, during our after show with Billy, there's a couple of pieces I showed him. He was like, you bleeper. Because <laughs> he doesn't yeah. have them. <laughs> right. <laughs> But yeah, no, I've got like uh, I've got like posters signed. I've got like a Return of the Jedi poster signed by like five of them, like Mark Hamill, um, uh, uh, Peter Mayhew, Anthony Daniels, David Prowse, and a couple of these guys are already gone, right? They're yeah. no longer, unfortunately. Um, yeah, that happens, man. Yeah, I mean, what, you just pulled something to show us. What did you pull over, Amit? So it's, everyone knows who that guy is. That's a David. Who is that? This is uh, David. Uh, what's the name? Of, again, Anthony uh, Daniels. Anthony Daniels, right? Okay. And then this one of my favorites. One of his favorites. Favorite actor, right? From the planet. The goat. Oh. The space goat. There we go. There we go. You know what's funny? I've met William Shatner twice, and everybody kept telling me he was a jerk. But he was never a jerk with me, though, at all. So... Ah, good. Okay. So listen, um, we got people watching. Welcome everybody. Welcome back. This is, oh, I forgot to, I can't actually put my brand on. Look at what happens when I try to put on the after hours banner. It cuts oh. off <laughs> half of my face and it meets too. It's more set up for the dual, uh, dual person. So we'll just leave it off. But welcome everybody to after hours, Saturday, February the 6th, 2021. Hobby's going crazy. We all know. My, uh, my guest on After Hours tonight right there, we got Amita Cheria from Cardboard Culture, new podcast. And down there, we've got Kent Wong, also from Cardboard Culture, guys. Welcome to the show. Amit, you've been on before. Kent, this is your first time on Sports yes. Cards Live After Hours. want to welcome you guys. We got a few people with us already. Let's say hello to them. And then let's talk about what you guys are doing and make sure everybody watching goes and subscribes to your YouTube channel. We want to get your subs up uh, by the end of the night. I'll take a lot of pride of that. And Definitely be happy with that. So uh, well, I want to say hi to my buddy, Joe. Joe, one more Saturday night, Joe. Hope you're well down in Santa Cruz. Up here, I'm in Calgary, guys. Calgary, Alberta, just north of Montana. It was like minus 22 degrees here today. Snow. I mean, it was that's Celsius. It, it's cold here, but you know what? I don't let it bother me. I still went out and picked up dinner for me and the wife. Sean Johnson, welcome to the show. Gimmicky Fibers is back. Happy to have you again. We got my boy, Legion. We got Nick. Great to have you. Facebook user. I don't know who you are here. I, I've always, I don't do this anymore, guys, but I'm going to put this on the on the board right there. It said, uh, not that one, sorry. This one here. If you're watching on Facebook, guys, go to StreamYard.com slash Facebook. Click the big blue button. It will help me know who you are, which just makes it more enjoyable for all of us. So go click that, go right there. You see it on the ticker, StreamYard.com slash Facebook. Click the big blue button. It will then allow, it allows StreamYard to pick up your name from, from Facebook. So please go and do that. 
because I'd love to know who the, who this is. We obviously know each other. We got our boy Amish Dave Archer in the house. Dave, good to see you, my <laughs> man. Good to see you. Billy says, I heard these guys broke the internet the other day. Billy was the first ever guest on Cardboard Culture with a meet in Kent. We'll get to that momentarily. Rich in the house, good evening to you. Congratulations on the new show to a meet in Kent. Foul five ball. We got Jason Pringle from Banff. Matt Godfrey, good evening to you. We got Chris as always. Terry Fortune, where he is minus 32, 41 with a wind chill there. That is cold. That is very, very cold. So guys, listen, first of all, I do want to say congratulations on the new show. I did watch it on Tuesday. Your guest was awesome, Billy. I really enjoyed it because Billy just got to talk about what he loves. We could see the passion. Um, and I got to ask a few questions about some of these non-sport guys and, and how they are in signing autographs. And it's just really cool to hear. But I want to hear from you, Kent. Why don't you start us off? Like, apparently, from what Amit's told me, you're not new to YouTube, but I think you're new to the live stream format. So how did you, uh, you know, how did you enjoy your first episode and how excited were you to get it kind of over and done with, if you will? Uh, I, well, so just to give you a little background. So I had been doing YouTube break videos and there was a YouTube TV, uh, Breakers TV kind of culture group back in the day. So I know Amish Dave, I know Bronco 79. I've known them from that period. And there's a bunch of others that I can name like GSN cards, uh, Era Falk 77, um, Den 10 13. These are all guys that I kind of got together with back in the day. And, and they can they can talk about that too, if you ever talk to them in person. But um, that's how I kind of started out. Um, and then it was just a matter of doing breaking you know wax uh, on YouTube. Uh, so I was doing that for a while and then I kind of stopped. And um, then this whole aspect of doing live stream, I Amit mean, and I had talked about it for a while and we decided to make it something we were gonna do in 2021, which we did. I'll be quite honest with you, um, I, I was a little bit nervous because it's a little different because when you're just breaking wax and you're just filming yourself breaking wax, that's a whole totally different thing. But when you have a live audience and you have a guest and you're interacting with the guest, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting for sure. It was, it was definitely a groundbreaking moment for me. I don't know what it means. Well, that, that, that's really cool. And you guys are doing a co-host sort of format, right? Whereas I do single host one or more guests, but you guys are, co-hosting the show which is which takes a, a level of skill if you will because you you it's not like you're in the room together and you can talk at the same time and your audience can hear you both when when we're streaming live and i tell all my guests this before we go live i say to everybody we cannot talk at the same time we cannot interrupt each other because if we do we're going to cancel each other out it's going to make it awkward for us and for the audience and I think that's been one of the one of the things I'm most proud about my show is that we we stick to that as best we can, and it's going to be it it was and will be different for you guys. So uh, Amit, like for to you, I noticed on your first episode you guys hadn't mastered that yet. Are you going to have that? Are you guys ready for episode two? We're going to have we've actually had many feedback discussions between the two of us. I knew right away during the show that I I was nervous too because manning the ship versus letting someone else captain the ship it was like an uber driver you just sit in the seat i was the uber driver here so uh and i wanted to make sure i was sharing the driving controls with kent so i knew right away and i admitted it even in the show I'm like you got hey kent I, i'm sorry i never let you had your piece um 
But yes, we are going to be working through the the kinks a little bit more. It's going to take some practice. I mean, we've got a lot of positive feedback, but the the more practice we'll do, the better we'll get. We've already uh, we're going to have a couple of practice sessions tomorrow after the Super Bowl. Make sure we're ironed up for Tuesday. But I imagine it's going to take two or three shows before I'm feeling like I'm actually swimming and and able to in in, in going through this in an easy way. Uh, I don't doubt it. I mean, it was you know. You've been with me since the beginning of me and my show. You've 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 given me feedback right from day one. You you even some creative ideas, and uh, so you know from watching the evolution of sports cards live that you know it's like episode one to episode eighty, completely different production. I, I would have to think, you know, it's still me, but you know, we get better as we do things more and more, and I'm sure you guys will too. And I look forward to seeing that evolve. I mean, how? You know, I know I talked to you leading up to it, and you were like, at one point, you're like, I'm nervous, I'm excited, I just want to get it over with. Is that kind of where you were at the end of the at the end of the day on Tuesday, at the end of the show? Hundred percent. I just wanted to get it done. I was like, look, let's just go. We've been talking about this for two to three months, probably if not longer. Kent and I have been wanting to do something in the hobby together, not just selling cards, but something else. And I just wanted to get through it. And honestly, the minute we went live. The whole world went silent for a good two seconds, and I want to thank Billy for being who he is and and being able to, and being very uh, passionate about his his uh, hobby because that made it very easy for me to direct the attention to him. But yeah, man, I was I was just by the hour mark I was okay, but the first hour I was a bit of a nervous wreck, and I and it did show, but I hope it uh, gets better over time. Well, the one thing I'll say to that is, you know. It, it showed a little bit. I picked, but I know you, man. So like, it, it was easy for me to pick up on it, but it just means that, you know, the view, me as a viewer and all the other viewers that watch that episode may go back and watch it now and we'll watch you guys continuing. We'll, we're going to see big improvements and that's what's really cool. It's like, I don't want to say I'm going to be proud because I really don't have much to do with it, but in a way you cut your teeth on live streaming on sports cards live with me. You were on episode 20 and 21 and then we, we've done you've done four shows with me already really we've done expo um yeah. pre-expo shows and expo recaps and i still want you to come and just because you have just because you're all high and mighty <laughs> you got your own youtube channel now amit i still want you to come do my do the the expo shows with me on on, on my channel and i hope i hope you'll continue to do that but um but yeah, it'll it'll be uh, it, it's fun. I've also joked that it's like a spinoff of Sports Cars Live, which I know you're your own independent show. I joke, but in a way, it's kind of neat that you cut your teeth with me. You cut your teeth with with Carlos as well. Yeah. You've done a lot of shows with him, and uh, so like you said, it's your first time kind of driving the bus. You've been a passenger, and now you're driving it, and you're going to continue to. And um, so I wish you guys all the best. Look forward to what's to come. Uh, let's get. Uh, we'll ask you about episode two in a minute. Let's just say hello to who else we have. Tiger Jordan. After hours with Sports Cars Live, just as good as prime time. Thank you, Tiger Jordan. Brent, looking forward to round two. Colin, good evening again. Bobby, great to have you. Evan, thank you so much. Yannick, cold late night in Canada, no doubt, no doubt. Evan says, anyone have any big pulls this week? Big pulls. Amish Dave says, I wish I would have watched the show live on Tuesday or any Tuesday. Well, you can obviously this coming Tuesday. Good morning to you, Chris Noel. Um. <clears throat> So before we talk about this Tuesday's show that you guys are doing, I want to make sure everybody who's watching, we got, I'm seeing, I'm showing 45 people watching right now. So welcome everybody to After Hours. If you just got here, we have a meet and Kent from the new YouTube show, Cardboard Culture. It's on the ticker right now. That is the name of the channel on YouTube. So 
You should all take a minute right now, go to YouTube, find, search Cardboard Culture, and give them a follow. Let's boost their followership for them tonight. It'll make them feel good, give them some more confidence going into their episode two, which is coming up in three days. Kent, what are we expecting on episode two? So episode two, we have a local um, breaker in town. His name is Nelson uh, Wang. He has, he has a Facebook group. He's a group breaker. Um, we're going to talk to him about uh, how, he, how he got to the point of where he is today from being just a monthly uh, arena show seller at a booth doing monthly shows. And then he decided to do a, a Facebook group. And then he decided to make it a business. So we're going to look and see what inspired him to get to where he is today. He also has like a full-time job. So we're going to talk to him about how he's juggling the full-time job and, and Facebook gripping, uh, Facebook grip, uh, group breaking, sorry. Well, I mean, that, that sounds good. And Amit, I mean, you've said it, a, you said it a couple of times on the show on Tuesday. We've chatted. You're look the angle you guys are taking with cardboard culture, which is aptly named because you're really looking for the culture within the hobby. And this is going to sound weird, but versus the hobby within culture. My mm. show talks about the hobby within overall culture all the time. What's going on in the hobby? How is the public uh, perceiving it? How are we going mainstream? All that stuff. But you're looking for the culture within the hobby. And can you can you kind of explain that? So we're looking for so there's a lot of content out there that's really great. Your show and Carlos and they talked about, you know, how to invest and how to get started. We want to kind of bring it more to the grassroots, like more of the passion of the hobby collectors themselves. Our our mantra is diversity diversity and inclusivity, right? And inspiration. So we want to hear from people who are inspired about their hobby. And the end goal is if you watch our show and you're inspired to go do something great or actually become a part of the hobby, that's a win. That's yeah. that's what I'm getting out of it. So yeah, it's just it's kind of just showing that you know there's a bunch of us that are that really love what we do. We love this little small piece of cardboard. I would if I had some. Oh, I do have one example I could show. This is my cardboard. But just we get passionate about these little things, right? And uh, that's our end goal. Yeah. So just just really bring people to to your audience, introduce them, and show almost like one collector at a time kind of thing. One collector, even Billy, who you had on episode one, great guest for episode one, by the way. You know, even him, we know, not everybody knows, but Billy Celio, he's a product manager at Upper Deck. He's the guy that builds the cup every year. He does great products, you know, but he wasn't on representing Upper Deck. He was on representing himself and his personal collecting pursuits, which are in-person autographs. He doesn't want to buy an autograph at a show off a vendor's table. He wants to go to the red carpet and get it himself. And you follow Billy on Instagram, it's pictures with, of him and tons of different celebrities. It's really cool. And it was nice, you know, even for me, like I really enjoyed the show. Like I was like, it was just, it was just interesting. It was just fun to watch. And, uh, and so I'm excited for it. And I'm excited to see what the guest lineup looks like as you guys progress through time. You know, I'll put this one to Kent. I'm just going to try and go back and forth between you guys. Sure, sure. I'll put this one to Kent. Like, so you've got it. You got you have Billy on episode one. You've got Nelson Wang coming for episode two. How far out are you guys scheduled scheduling? Um, do you have a, a hit list for guests? How are you? How are you going to actually fill your calendar? We we've got a we so me and I brainstormed a bunch of who we think would be interesting guests to have on our show, and so it's kind of like a hit board. Uh, we've reached out to several other guests. I won't mention who they are, and we're just waiting for feedback to come back from them. Hopefully, they'll 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 see our first couple of shows and go from there. Uh, but we do have some lined up. You know, 
right now we're still developing our show and trying to get our name out there. So there, there may be a week where it just it'll just be a meet and I just talking about the hobby. Oh. That that may come up, you know, because you would want we want to get guests as much as lined up as possible, but it's not always possible due to scheduling. And you know what? That's I think that's one hundred percent all right. You know, even uh, on my show. I've been fortunate to get guests now, and now it gets easier as, as time goes by right, for sure. Right. But there were a couple of times where I didn't have a guest or I just forgot to line one up and I just called it freestyle. And I'm just gonna, so you guys can now freestyle together. That's a lot better than a single host show like myself freestyling myself. It's, you know, your voice is going to get, you know, you guys at least will save 50% of your voice. Whereas if it's me, it's like a hundred percent of it is might be gone. So I, I, I would encourage you to not be, uh, not be scared or worried or, or intimidated to, to do that. I think it's a good idea. And the fact of the matter is some of the feedback that I've gotten is that the, the viewers, they want to get to know you too. So mm-hmm. you focus on your guests, but don't be afraid to focus on yourself once in a while because I think that the the audience does want to get to know the person who is hosting the show. That's been my experience, and it's flattering. It's nice to know that people are interested in who you are. I'm always, I don't know, flatter is the word, but it's kind of just, it's kind of cool. Oh, they're interested in me too, not just the guests. That's kind of cool. So I've, I was always kind of appreciative of that. Um, I wanted to, uh, Matt Godfrey, Jeremy has a Motorhead shirt on. Haha, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that was a tribute to, now this is, I bought this at a Motorhead concert. This is an actual concert t-shirt. It's probably yeah. actually, does it have, no, it doesn't have a, I don't think it says where it was on the back, you know, the list of show dates and all that, but um, but I did. Uh, Facebook user, Big Flames W, I just saw that, uh, 6-4 with a few seconds left. So happy to see the Flames beat the, beat the Oilers. That that just everything is right in the world when the Calgary Flames beat the Edmonton Oilers. That just is that's just good. That's just good for business. Mike Zier just subscribe to their channel. Thank you, Mike. That is awesome, you, guys. And we're gonna keep that streaming all all show, guys. So make sure by at some point you go out and and uh, subscribe to their channel on YouTube. It is called Cardboard Culture. They're gonna be on every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. So it's a good time and everything. Hello to you, Facebook user. Is Laffy garbage you cannot say a player is garbage uh you know 10 15 games into their career it just hockey does not work that way it's a lot different than basketball where you might be able to say that but no he's not garbage he's getting used to a different game the sport Mm -hmm. is the same hockey is the same but the game in the nhl is different than the game in juniors and it sometimes can take these guys you know up to a season even it can take up to a season to get used to the style of play the pace the size of the opponents. They're not playing against 16, 17, 18-year-olds anymore. They're playing against 18 to 40-year-olds now, right? More mature men. So it's just a different it – t- it takes a bit of time for them to adapt to the new style, and not every player adapts at the same pace. So if you're invested in Laffy and you paid up early, I would caution you before you, st- you start selling off, give it more time. That's what I would say. What is hot, guys? What is hot? Great. Lots of things are hot. The hobby. The hobby is hot. Embrace debate. Embrace debate. Oh, is that you? No, I don't think that's you, Darcy, because you don't talk like that. Embrace debate. But down here, we hear that it's me, Darcy. Always good to have you, Darcy. Paul Cashman, great to see you. Dave Kaplan, welcome to the show. Hello to you, too. Got Sports says, new subscriber to Cardboard Culture here. That's awesome, guys. That's awesome. Brent Criswell, the hosts make the show. Anyone can talk sports card, but a good host does it in a way that makes it fun, engaging, and authentic. 
I agree. You know, I watch I the show the content that I consume on YouTube is be, is because I like the guy or the gal or well, it's mostly mm-hmm. guy. Let's face it. I like the guy. I like the way they deliver their information, and it brings me back for more and more. Joe Perot, new subscriber. There we go, guys. We're getting those numbers up, right? Let's help these guys out. They're giving it a shot, and it's going to be uh, you know good long term project for these guys. You're welcome for the answer. If you're on you, if you're on Facebook and you didn't go hit that big blue button as I asked you to earlier, please put your name in the comments so I can address you. I just want to be able to address you by your name. Paul says, "Easy now. It's only the regular season, but I guess Flames need their moral victories every now and then." We do, we do, Paul. But it's extra nice to get them against the 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 loilers, the low, the low. Oh, sorry, I meant to say low, lowly Oilers. I mixed that up into one big word. No, I respect I respect the Oilers. What I don't respect about the Oilers is really their past 10, 15 years. I, I have no respect for that because how can you have the number one draft pick almost every year and still be marginal at best, you know? Just be a two-player team. It doesn't make sense to me, but um, I think he also got rid of Taylor Hall for what, Larson? That was Larson, yeah. Management has not been their been their strong suit uh for, for a couple of decades now. But I mean, at the same time, Connor McDavid is at is hands down the best player in the world there's no doubt about it he's worth everything that we talk about him for his problem is he's on the wrong team that's his problem i'm just now i'm just poking fun at oilers fans that might be watching i don't mean it guys i respect all fans of all sports as fans of all being a leaf yeah yeah (laughs) darcy there he is now we know who he is all right he's moved over to youtube welcome darce great to have you thank you colin support canadian there you go great to have you supporting cardboard culture need more shinies that's what's hot no doubt amit is hot here we go here we go chow says is laffy garbage see stamkos marchand hughes etc etc again speaking to the fact that players don't Always, it's not like basketball where you can come out of high school or college and dominate, like be the best player on your team, lead your team to victory. In hockey, it's really hard to lead your team to victory with one, if, if you're Connor McDavid, even if you have Leon Dreisaitl, another amazing player. But you can't win every game with two awesome players. You need you need more than that in hockey. It's, you know, it's a 21-man it's a roster sort of thing. You got six guys on the ice at a time, a big bench, basketball, it's different, right? You've got you got five, four or five players, three that play the majority of the minutes, and then everyone else kind of fills in off the bench. Anyway, people also forget Stevie Y didn't wasn't the the greatest every single year of his career, right? There was a was a year two there was some questions, and then he came out flying. I think year three. Someone can correct me on that, but he's an example. Well, what ha- I remember the Detroit Red Wings were absolute garbage in the early '80s. They draft Steve Eiserman in '83, '84. Yeah. He was rookie years '84, '85. And it took about six years for him to help lead the cup, the, the team to the Stanley Cup, which he did. Same thing happened to Mario Lemieux, right? Mario Lemieux came into the league in 85-86, was a great rookie, like, you know, 100-point rookie, which, again, doesn't happen very often, but he did it. But it took six or seven years to win a Stanley Cup. But they did that. He along, But he had a supporting cast. Steve Eiserman had an amazing supporting cast. Right now in Edmonton, there's like no, there's no support. It's almost a negative supporting cap. I mean, outside of Nugent Hopkins, Connor McDavid, Dreisaitl, there's no one else. There's really no other good players on that. Darnell Nurse is not a top tier defenseman. But well, their D sucks. No, I mean, it's it's they're just a bad team with two amazing players and, and Nugent Hopkins. 
Matt Godfrey says, go Canes. I personally know nothing about hockey, but Sebastian Ajo <laughs> is king. I picked up a nice Ajo card last night, actually. Paul, let's see what Paul C says back to me. Paul, I love you before I read your comment. It's okay, Jeremy. Flames had no number one draft pick and did nothing either. So, well, right. But if we had number one draft picks, we would have been expected to do something. The Oilers had like six in a row and have nothing to show for it, except Adam Larson. Uh, I mean, I don't know. That's not a try again, Paul, because I'd love we, we can have some fun banter back and forth. Darcy saw about 20 bucks of Panini Playbook NFL cracked yesterday. One numbered Chase Clay Pool Patrick card. Carlos in the house. Good evening, Carlos. Paul says hello. In six months, what does the Mar- uh, Mario Lemieux BGS 8.5 go for? <sighs> Amit, do you have any thoughts on that? Honestly, whatever number I give, it'll probably be eclipsed. Uh, at this point, it's going to be just up arrows. Just, just up arrows. That's all I'm going to say. A BGS 8.5. I mean, Kent, do you have any any uh, insider thoughts on it? I, I don't. I usually refer to me because he's more of the hockey guy. I, I'm not into hockey as much as I used to be anymore. You're more a baseball guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's a, Kent knows baseball and prospects really well. And that's where I usually rely on him for anything to do with baseball. And that's a good, it's good to have that balance too. That's why. So if you're, if you just got here, guys, welcome to After Hours. And uh, I'll just let everybody know. So, you know, I've been setting up the expo for 15 years and for probably the last, I don't know, five, six, seven of them, Amit and Kent have shared the booth right next to me and we kind of open it up and have one big booth. So we, we've been, you know, Amit, I talk to a lot. Kent, I don't, but I see him twice a year and, you know, you know, Hey, Kent, I'm going to run to the bathroom. Can you watch my stuff? Hey, Jeremy, I got to go. Can you watch my stuff? Yeah, of course. You know, like we hang out, but, but uh, it's kind of cool to have you guys on in the context of, starting your own show on YouTube, being, con- you know, entering the content creator space uh, in from a live stream format and all that. And, um, but when I say it's good that you guys have balance, I've seen it, at the, I've seen it at the expo because Amit's got all the hockey. Kent's got an amazing few showcases of baseball, a lot of cut autos, some really cool stuff. And so you guys have that and to bounce each other, uh, the sport off each other. And I can bounce baseball off of Kent too, which I know I've done. Carlos, uh, so, oh, sorry, I already said hi to you, Carlos. I take that back. Not Can't say hi to you again. No, he's just saying hi to Paul. Here's a question from Darcy. We'll we'll put this one to Kent. He says, what are the three best rookie cards of Ken Griffey Jr.? Uh, definitely the Upper Deck 89 for sure, because that one's just been moving up, like, uh, it's just been skyrocketing. And, and a lot of it has to do with the issue with getting um, PSA 10 gem mint grade. It has a lot to do with the back of the card and that hologram. Because a lot of ones that were printed back in 89, the hologram's all screwed up. It's not even a perfect diamond. So looking for that. Uh, the other ones that are picking up steam is probably like the FLIR one, believe it or not. Because um, that's another one That's another one that's tough to grade. Uh, just because a lot of edge chipping. And I would say another Griffey. Hmm. I'm going to take a stab, Kent. What do you think of this one? The, yeah. uh, the, the Topps Tiffany. Yes, I would. Yes, I would put the top Tiffany up there for sure. Yeah, yeah, I would as well. I actually have one. Um, I don't know if you remember Kent. So here's just just a quick little segue, uh, uh, Jeremy. So as our show talked about genuine people and inspirational people, there was a, a gentleman from New York who came to our booth, and just because he liked our conversation, he offered up his collection. Oh yes, he basically gave me the top Tiffany Griffey. He basically just said, look, just give me this. And whatever the amount was, was substantially low. And he still did it. 
And he's like, just because you're a good people, like I want to do this. So that's one of my prize cards. That's brilliant. And what a, what a nice story behind it. We have a question from Mike about cardboard culture. He wants to know, cardboard culture is not just hockey cards, right? Nope. Who wants to, who wants to take this? Amit or Kent? Okay. Um, I'll go and then Kent, you can support and then we're going to flip it. So that way you get to go first as well. No problem. Uh, Basically, it's about any sport, and it doesn't have to be non. It can be non-sport, hockey cards, baseball cards, whatever it may have used. We want to relate the topic back to cards in some way, but there has to be some moment of inspiration behind it, some genuineness, and if there's if it's great, we could have to do some inclusivity and diversity angles as well. But yeah, it's for all sorts of stuff related to the hobby, so we don't want to pigeonhole ourselves into one aspect. And you know, you can even go further than just cards. It could be action figures could be that related but i think at the root of it we're talking about cardboard culture we want it to be about that um kent what's your what's your thoughts uh i i agree we don't want to uh you know uh corner ourselves put ourselves in a corner with just one particular topic uh, we're looking for as, as Amit alluded to genuine people that are passionate about the hobby passionate about what they collect and again it doesn't have to necessarily be about hockey cards it could be about anything like right now like soccer soccer is a big thing right now uh, we don't talk much about that. There's a lot of huge Asian collection uh, collectors out there. Uh, there's not too much talk about that and the fact that they get Asian specific products. Mm -hmm. So th there's a lot of different things we can take it to. And, and, and the other thing too is like, look at Pokemon right now. Pokemon's just crazy. So, and magic even, we, we can go to different different avenues here. So we're not just limited to hockey at all. Yeah, and even your first episode was about entertainment autographs right. and right. cards, right? Because that's what Billy collects. So you guys are more, you're more focused on let's find the right guest, the right collector, and whatever they collect, that's what we want to talk about. And I think that's a pretty cool approach right there. Paul says the best analysis of Lafreniere was sports clown. He basically said before the season he'd be a third-line winger. I mean, that, 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 uh, a little early to tell, right? What he'll be at this point in time. Sports clown is just taking a making a guess at that point. I don't think that's what why the Rangers drafted him first overall to be a third line winger. But hey, that might be what he ends up being. It might be what he ends up being. You know what? Can you imagine not being a third line winger and you don't have the pressure like Panarin and Zabanajad and everyone else on that team? Let the first two lines grind it out. Right. That's a pretty good way to get introduced into the league. For sure, for sure. Brent says, my Canucks are getting throttled by the good team. Yeah, the Canucks are getting destroyed. I don't understand. Well, I do understand it. They they sent their goalie. <laughs> well, they didn't send the goalie, but their goalie is now on my team, the Calgary Flames. So, and I mean, we beat the Canucks the other night uh, and goaltending was an issue. So they they like, they traded away the most important player on their team, which... The, I like the Canucks team. I like the way they're built. I thought Thatcher Demko, the goaltender, was going to be an up-and-comer, an effective goalie. I thought Braden Holpe was going to be a great guy to, to kind of tutor young Thatcher. But it looks like they're just in a mess there. They're getting beat. They're, they're not just getting beat. They're getting manhandled. 5-0, mm -hmm. 7-2. Like, what's going on there, Amit? Uh, it's, it's just like, I think they lost all direction. I think one, like they are, they're missing a couple of defensemen. Like didn't Tanev leave too? Uh, they lost Markstrom and I think they lost someone else. I think the other thing is they just don't, maybe the bubble culture is just affecting that team differently. I don't know. It's not the same Canucks team I've seen different before, but I think they let Markstrom go because of age. 
And I think they're going to lose him in the expansion draft or something like that. There was somebody who was making that comment, and I think they let him go because Thatcher was coming right behind him. So but a similar, almost a similar mistake to what the Pittsburgh Penguins did when Vegas came in the league and they exposed yeah. Mark Andre Fleury to keep Matt Murray, yeah. only to trade Matt Murray to the Ottawa Senators. Now they're with Tristan Jari, and they're yeah. they're marginal at best. They should have. Mark Andre Fleury is still the best of all three of those goaltenders. So now the Vancouver Canucks didn't learn from that mistake, and they did the same thing. They went with a young guy who's just not very good, is what it seems like. But like like Lafreniere, maybe he just needs more. Now he's not a rookie. It's not like it's his first time. These aren't his first games this year. But you still have a, a Stanley Cup winning veteran goaltender in Braden Holpe as a backup, and you're still shit in the bed every night. Like it's ridiculous. Like, I'm a Leafs fan, and I love when the Leafs win. But there were plays today. I was like, "Where, where are the defense?" Like, they, uh, there was a play. I can't remember who it was, but it got right around the guy and in and scored. And I'm like, "Wow!" Yeah, that was that was Matthews. Yeah, that that goal and Matthews. Oh my God, those red skates. There must be something special. <laughs> All right, here's a question from Joe. He says, "Do I think he means uh, Kent?" And because Kent, I guess your name is isn't on the screen. While I have a comment up, but. Do Kent and Amit have thoughts on the PSA 10 Jordan sales? So just to set the context, Ken Golden at Golden Auctions last weekend sold two Jordan rookies for six something, 600,000 plus buyers premium was $738,000 each. He then went live on Instagram the next day and announced that he also sold two more copies. So four total for that same price later on that night. And then we saw another one just sell. I forget which auction it was at Heritage or PWCC. Someone sold another one for well into the $600,000 with the buyer's premium. That's what we're talking about. Kent, what do you make of these sales? I just think right now there's a lot of people out there with a lot of income. Um, and uh, whether it be from influencers or not, uh, there's a lot of talk about collecting bonafide, you know, um, surefire Hall of Famers that will knowingly increase in price at some point. Like the Jordans, I think for 1.2, 1.5, I wouldn't be surprised in a couple of years ago for like three or $4 million. And I'm being honest with that. Like yeah. it, it's, it's like, and to find Gem Mint 10 copies, like we know that the Gem Mint 10 copies, there's not a whole lot of population for those either. So. Yeah, there's like 315 of them, yeah. which sounds like a decent sized number but we're talking about the number one branded athlete of what? all time everybody collects michael jordan except probably carlos carlos doesn't care carlos could care less about having a an 86 jordan rookie he, he doesn't even like the card probably I'm just having fun with carlos but right i mean i say everybody collects jordan not everybody collects jordan but most people 99 of the hobby would covet a michael jordan rookie card right, right? And not and it, that's a card that it it it's it, it eclipses the hobby, right? He transcends the hobby. He's a cultural icon. It doesn't take a genius to know who the one of the greatest athletes, if not the greatest athlete of all time, is. And when you talk about investing in cardboard, that's where people go. So, Amit, what do you what do you any kind of take on it that we haven't thought of yet? So, well, no, I think you've discussed a lot of these points before. Many guests have. Carlos has, but there is. People are trying to diversify their influence and their wealth. They're looking at tangible assets outside of the stock market. So cards are definitely a good way to go. Um, the Jordans, I believe, in my opinion, are pretty safe. 382 
you know, there's like, if you look at uh, Austin Matthews, there's what, 3,000 PSA 10s or something like that, like comparatively speaking. Yeah. And Gary V, all of them speak about investing in actually proper blue chips. He's a he's beyond blue chip. He's a diamond chip. He's, he's Jordan. I actually am not surprised. I'm saddened I'll never hold one. Maybe I'll see one and at a very at arm's length. I've seen one in my life close up. Um, but uh yeah, it's it's amazing. And I'm glad it's happening because it's affecting everything else in the hobby. So maybe those nines, those eights, those sevens, whatever will keep coming up. And it does have a a, a, a butterfly effect. It's trickling down everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It's trickling down to all the Jordan rookies at lower grades. Yeah. And it's it trickles to other players as well because those ratios, the hobby seems to want those ratios to, to continue to be respected. And by ratios, I mean a Jordan PSA 10 rookie versus a Scottie Pippen PSA 10 versus a Kobe versus a LeBron versus a Luka. All those things, there's, there's a relationship between them. And when one moves, the other is just move along with it. That's just the nature of of the hobby. So I think you nailed it there, mate. Examples like the Mike Trout tops update 2011 gem mint 10 they're going for like six five five six thousand dollars right now yeah even more even more and that's not a rare card oh no it's not i mean the jordan psa 10 315 in the pop around there that's a low number you compare it to the lucas the zions and the 15,000s. it's a much bigger number and i know i have a i have a take that i'm i'm pretty alone on this take thinking 15,000 isn't that big of a number i don't think it's as big as a lot of people think it is for the population of a very popular card, but 315, that's nothing for, for Michael Jordan. So makes good sense. Good, good topic, Joe. Thanks for raising it. Let's keep on going. Oh yeah. Amit, please. So the only thing, so my greatest basketball player of all time is Charles Barkley. So on my bucket list is a PSA 10 Barkley. I'm just, I'm just fearing what those are going to go for eventually. Cause I'm probably, it's going to get to a point where I can't touch one. I have a second year, so um, and it's not it's in terrible shape. But anyways, that's that's just I'm just scared about that. It's one of those things where and I've heard a lot of people, I've talked to some guys who were like they collect Jordan cards, like, but I never bought the rookie because I just there was no there was there was no urgency to buy the, the rookie card because there's so many out there. I'm not talking about the tens, nine. There's like over two thousand nines, however many thousand eights. There, there's there's plenty out there. The high grades are harder to get, especially the 10s. But they're like, why would I go buy that when I can buy? There's any day you go on eBay, there's 80 of them available, whatever that number is, where I'd rather buy a really rare insert or parallel that there's maybe only 50 or 100 or 500 that exist. So now they're like, damn it, why did I wait that long? So like you with Charles Barkley, you probably waited too long at this point because that card, if that would have been seven, 800 bucks a year ago, Put another zero on there and then some for now. I'm guessing. I haven't looked at Barclays, but I'm guessing at PSA 10 Barclays got to be in that five to ten thousand dollar range right now. Maybe even more. Could be easily. So I'm definitely, definitely not going to be getting one anytime soon, if at all. Global Sports Card Investor says, "Good day, there, legends. Appreciate all your insights. I appreciate having you, Global." Toa Hang, good evening to you. Welcome to the show. Brian Kingsley's back. Dave Kaplan, hello. Says, "Is there an Opeachy Griffey rookie card?" I don't know. Is there an Opeachy Griffey? Kent's uh, shaking his head. We'll go with no for now. Joe says, I think in 1990, Toa loves the EX2000. Who doesn't? Like, those are just beautiful cards. Absolutely beautiful cards. Ruru, welcome to the show, says, who will be the next Mike Trout, Soto, 
Soto, Tatis Jr., Acuna, or should I keep collecting bets? I'm not the one to answer that question, but uh, I mean, I hear Jason Dominguez is like the next up and comer, but I'm just talking about what I hear other people talking about in, in the world of hobby content. Uh, Kent, do you have a, an answer for Aruru? Um, it's, that's a tough act to follow, to be honest with you. Um, even with the Soto, Tatis, and Acuna Jr., I don't know. Like, there's a lot of heavy tout and push on those three gentlemen right there to be like possibly the next trout. I don't know if they'll actually get to the level of being an next trout in terms of who could possibly step into what Soto and Tatis Jr. and Acuna are going for right now. Yeah, Dominguez has a lot of talk, I'll say, out there. But again, he hasn't even played like a minor league game yet, like a professional minor league game yet. The guy's still like a, a kid, really. And there's so much hype on him right now. And and, yeah. and that worries me a little bit because when you hype up somebody like that and they don't perform and that's like, oh, what happens? You know, as for next up and comers, I, I don't really have one in my head right now that I could suggest at the moment. Like anybody, anybody out there could be a wild card and be an up and comer, to be honest with you. It reminds me, the, the Dominguez thing reminds me a lot of uh, the Brian Taylor phenomenon back in like 1990. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It is, and, and I, again, I, I'm a fan of the Blue Jays when they're in it. Otherwise, I'm not much of a baseball fan. Uh, but I like the history of it, don't get me wrong. But my, current baseball, I just don't watch a lot of it. So I put it to you, Kent. Is that an, is that an astute sort of comparison compare and not the player or the position or the skill sets. I know Brian Taylor was a pitcher, but yeah. the hobbies uh, reaction to these guys who haven't played a game yet in the majors. Is it, are we seeing similar things with Dominguez as we did to Brian Taylor? I made that assumption. That's my perception, but I like a better, a better perceptions uh, to speak to it. So I'm going to put that to you. Um. I don't know. For me, like the jury's still out. I mean, Dominguez's cards are in high demand only because of the fact that they there's potential there. Right? Like Brian, like Brian Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Now, for me, when it comes to prospecting and, and looking at something like that, I don't usually like I'll I'll delve into a little bit of it just so there's no FOMO happening. So I'll, I'll pick up a few pieces here and there, but I won't totally heavily invest in somebody like that until I've seen that he's actually played professional games. Like, like for example, like even Vladdy Jr., like so much hype on that kid, right? And then he came up to the Toronto Blue Jays and he kind of did okay. And then he had kind of off, you know, there was questions about his weight and all this stuff. And now everybody's kind of like hoping that this coming spring and this coming year, he's going to do really well. So again, until you've had the ability to see a kid play besides just crushing a ball in like junior high school or whatever, uh, it's hard. It's hard to 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 gauge something like that. And for me, as an investor or a collector, I'm always a little bit leery. I don't want to be jumping on the hype train because somebody else is jumping on the hype train. Do you know what I mean? Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. Okay, man. Thank. You. Let's go through some comments here. We got name in the house. Just subscribe to Cardboard Culture today. I mean, not to uh, not to uh, put the cart ahead of the horse here, but he'd be a great guest for Cardboard Culture. I'm sure you're already, you're already on it. Okay, yeah, okay. You already have a date in mind, don't you? Okay, great. Yeah, he, he, uh, he doesn't even know it yet. I, I was going to reach out to him tomorrow, actually. There you, there you go, name. Another gig for you. Brian Kingsley subscribed earlier today to Cardboard Culture. Looking forward to awesome content. Dave Kaplan says Demko is the future goaltender for the Vancouver Canucks, which he would know he lives there. And yeah, I think there's no doubt about that. He's the future. That's why they bring in a Holtby to really 
help uh, tutor him or bring him along, develop him. Paul says, Jeremy Sports Clown is a huge Rangers fan. His analysis was really well done. It was just for his rookie year, and he had the Rangers easing Lafreniere in. I mean, I think that that makes perfect sense. Easing him in is an amazing strategy. Don't rush the kid. Don't put all this expectation on him so that if he fails, he has this, he, his confidence is shot. I like, I, I, that's, I love hearing that, Paul, because that's, that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, and being a huge Rangers fan, though, I will say it doesn't make you a scout, right? It doesn't necessarily make you a talent evaluator, but you're probably tuned in to what the, those guys in that market are saying. So appreciate the comment. Really helps, really helps put some context around it, Paul. Predictions for the Super Bowl? I'm going Kansas City, uh, uh, Amit. I'm going for the Chiefs because I, I just I don't want to see Brady win another thing right now. Ken? I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. Just uh, Tampa Bay. Just don't bet against Brady. Yeah, that's right. I mean, what? Yeah, you're gonna we're gonna everyone's gonna bet on. I know a lot of people are going Kansas City, and they're all gonna be like, "Why would we do that when, when Brady wins it tomorrow?" Right? Com C Barry says the Canucks spent too much money on bottom six forwards. Couldn't afford to Foley. Yeah. They gave away like their two best players and to I know to not the best player and that and uh, Markstrom. But uh, the thing is, I love the youth in Vancouver. I love that team yeah. with Horvat and Pedersen and Quinn Hughes and Brock Besser. I mean, they've got some, they've got a nice core there now, but, and hopefully Demko turns into that for them. Rich says, you know, your team is bad when the Leafs are literally sheepish celebrating goals against you. I think they, I think every team feels bad for the Canucks right now because they're getting destroyed night after night. It's it's really sad. It's sad, you know? Yeah. Tafolian destroyed them. We enjoyed it in Montreal, for sure. Tafolian got nine goals or something against them this season already, and that's his former team. Brent says, I still think the Jordan PSA 10 is undervalued. I agree with Kent. Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, undervalued, it's valued perfectly at the time, but there's room for it to go up. I, I definitely agree. Global wants to know our thoughts on HGA grading. Too early for me. The jury's out. I want to know. I've said it before. I want to know what their qualifications are to be graders. That's very important to me. Um, but aside from that, I'm willing to give them a chance, fair, a fair chance. You know, we've got to see what how what they're got to see some cards that are in slabs yeah. uh, that have been graded and see if they're making mistakes that you can spot with the with the naked eye. Any uh, similar or different take uh, from you, Amit? Uh, I'm a PSA snob. I don't know what it is. I just love PSA holders. I probably, you know, PSA obviously can stand back by their reputation. So I prefer to stick with that. Um, I'm not really looking to quote unquote divest myself of those slabs. I'll just stick with PSA for now. Okay. Kent, anything, uh, anything to add? Um, I guess the jury's still out. We got to see, you know, when as these cards coming back from HDA, how they are uh, through the naked eye. Same to your to your comment. Now, again, I know they're they're doing funky colors and, and they're doing all kinds of different things and it's they're automated and stuff like that. But again, even with automation, there's always a chance for errors. So let's let's just wait a little bit. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I'm not sure what. Maybe I mean maybe it's out there. Maybe they public you know put it out there in their uh, in their. Uh, on their website or wherever, but I don't know what it means when they say automated, what's being automated, but, 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 you know, in terms of PSA, I'm with a meat on that. I mean, for me, PSA is where the, where the market uh, uh, assigns the value. Yep. And we've seen other, we've seen other companies come up and, and try to, to 
to have that same lofty position that PSA and BGS to a bit of a lesser extent, but they have, they command good value too. Um, and it's just, it's hard to do. It's hard to, to usurp those two brands, those two grading companies from their status right now. It's, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think, I, I think HGA, CSG, SGC, KSA, MNT, I think all these three-letter combinations from the alphabet are all going to have a chance to get a bit of market share. But at the end of the day, if you're not PSA or BGS, I think you're just an expensive one-touch top loader sort of thing. For sure. Um, yeah, that's what I think. Carlos says, the Jordan rookie is great and all, but my $4.1990 Skybox Jordan will suffice. I might, I may even look into a top loader for it. I love it. You may not be able to get a top loader. You can't even get top loaders these days, buddy. Good point. It's worth more than your, it's more worth more than your card, Carlos. Yeah. Matt says, "I want to get in the Jagger card game. I didn't know he was a great player. I thought he was only popular for telling a girl he didn't care if she posted a picture of him. Bad. He's an all-time great, absolute right. all-time great. Worthy of anybody who collects all-time great cards. Uh, worthy of your collection. Whatever sport you collect, Jagger is worthy. I'll leave it at that." Terry Fortune uh, says, "That was classic Yags with the eighteen or nineteen-year-old girl." Gimmicky Fibers, do you think a PSA 678 of these high-end cards will hold value moving forward if there is a market correction? I do. I do. I'm, let me go first, guys, and then Amit, you want to say something? I just want to say that <clears throat> the the market moves, you know, in concert in a lot of, in a lot of, in most cases, it moves together. It, you know, something kicks it off and then the rest of it sort of follows along. It might take longer. You know, basketball went crazy. Then soccer went crazy. Then football went crazy. Pokemon was in there. And then hockey kind of came in last. But it, it happened. It all happens successively, sort of in, in, in a, you know, in concert. But in a concert, not all instruments play at the same time, right? They go in, they go when they're supposed to. And I think that's kind of what, what's happened there. And I think that'll happen with, the, with the, uh, the individual grades as well. The PSA 10 goes up. Everything goes up with it. The PSA comes down. Everything comes down with it. You, but you go on to say when... Or you say, if there's a market correction, I don't think the market's wrong right now that it needs a correction, but I think the market is hot and it's going to cool down a little bit. And I think there's a difference there. Someone made the analogy the other day, and I think it made a lot of sense. They said, I don't think the bubble is going to burst, but some of the air is going to come out of the balloon. And that happens in all markets over time. I do this all the time. Hockey, the hockey, sorry, cards, they're going to go up and down, up and down, up and down. But over time, they're going to always traject upwards. A meet. So my gut feel is, I don't know if I like the term market correction. There will be some sort of market correction, maybe an evening out period. Um, I think all the six, seven, and eights will go up. And because of the reasoning is the people that can't afford the tens, they're going to move down the line and say, what can I afford? Then the volume of people that can afford lower grades increases. So then that value should hold, right? There's only a cream of the crop will afford the bit as we go down the chain and more and more affordability as I go down the chain. Yeah. Fair comments. Franco says, why would someone pay 700 K for the Jordan PSA when they could have bought it for 350? Hmm. Yeah. That, you know, conspiracy theories and uh, buyer groups and all those sorts of things. In this case, you have to go watch Ken Golden's address to the hobby the day after. And he talks about this specifically. Um, and part of it is that people don't want to buy a card off eBay from someone they don't know for 350,000. Those people would rather spend seven hundred thousand and buy it from someone that they know and they trust and they feel that the the card is real and there's no 
issues. And a lot of people don't even look on eBay to know they could have bought it for 350. So, uh, you know, Franco, um, I understand, you know, and you're, you're not certainly not alone in that concern, in that, in that position or that, you know, thinking that, but I would encourage you to kind of open your mind a little bit more and consider that there are reasons why. So when you, but you're asking, you're saying, why would, but you end it with a, hmm, which means you're very skeptical. Why would anyone do that? But open your mind a little bit and consider trying to think about factors that would lead to that happening. And, and I believe there are some that would, so I'll leave that at that for now, unless uh, either of you guys have anything to add. I will say one thing. They, the amount of money that's been paid for these big cards, people who are buying these cards are going to make sure those valuations stay where they, stay where they are. So they're going to either go and buy second copies or they'll they'll do their damnness to make sure that the valuation stays where it is. And there's a lot more wealth at that level to be able to afford to do that. So, yes, that could have happened, but I think they're guaranteeing their, their investment. And I think it's safe and it's the right play. I agree with that 100%. I've done it myself. I own a couple of cards, let's say, and I see another one on eBay. I don't own the card on eBay. It's someone else's card. And the bidding is like, I'm like, oh, that's too cheap. I'm like, well, maybe I'll get another one because I want to. I don't want to see that comp lock in at lower, and it's just, it just is what it is. So you know, maybe I'll buy another one, and maybe I'll get it cheap and actually dollar cost average down a little bit on the two I already have. If that, if that happens, at least I'm going to own it and dollar cost average down my other two. It's I call it protectionary bidding, and it's protectionary bidding with the intention to win. If you, if, if your bid holds up. You win and you own that card. It's not, and I want to make the distinct, I want to really explain. It's not shill bidding because you're bidding on someone else's card and you're willing to pay the price. I don't see anything wrong with that in the hobby. And I know it happens all the time, especially at those higher levels where they're like, you know, if you're putting 20 million into the hobby or a hundred million or more, you're going to buy up. You're going to make sure that nothing sells, that another Jordan doesn't sell for significantly lower than what you just paid. I think. Well, time will tell. We'll see. Seb says, hello. Hello, Seb. With all those awesome vintage cards you have. Oh, sorry, I guess J.E. is Jeremy. With all those awesome cards you have, how come you don't have a Jordan RC PSA 10? Never wanted. So the reason for that, Seb, I don't have a PSA 10 Jordan, and I certainly wish I do, is because in 2008, I bought a PSA 9. And I was very happy with the PSA 9. And um, I still own my PSA 9. And, of course, I'd love to have a PSA 10 because it's worth like 10 times more at least. But um, yeah, I just never uh, stepped up and paid the cash. And I bought my PSA 9 for $1,000. So I'm doing pretty well on that. And I I can't can't be complaining about that one. That's for sure. Brent says, what's your thoughts on the comparison Gretzky rookie and the Jordan rookie as far as value goes? Does their rise continue to parallel each other? Who wants to take this? Kent, can you you speak to this at all? Uh, I'm going to defer to me because I'm not the hockey guy. So. Fair. Let's go. Amit, what do you think? Uh, okay, so let me ask this question. Maybe somebody in the audience can answer it. How many Gretzky 10s are there total Do we know of? Two. Two. And then Jordan is? 315. 315? So I think Gretzky's devaluation, the reason I'm asking that question is because the Gretzky, actually I should have known the answer. It's late at night, obviously, and I'm not thinking because I know the answer to Gretzky. Um, I think the Gretzky will continue to, to rise a little bit higher, is my gut feel, because it's just so few of them. Yeah, yeah, and, and and the Gretzky PSA tens, both of them have sold for more than what the yeah. Jordans have sold for. But that's not necessarily the question: is the PSA ten level? But I appreciate that's still important information. 
But um, I, I think they do, Brent. I think they do parallel each other because the people that are buying the, the groups, you know, the, the, the money that is buying these Jordans to an extent, I believe, are not only going to buy Jordans. They're going to buy the best of the best across the board. So if that's Wayne Gretzky, if that's Tom Brady, if it's Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle, you're going to see some of that. So I think I think they're good. Peter Chow says, gimmicky, the folks who are buying the Jordans for 700 aren't selling them for 50 unless the entire economy tanks. I agree. The mm -hmm. high prices on the 10s support the increased price and lower grades. Yep. Nailed it. Colin says, Barkley PSA 10, 18K US. Yeah, 15 to 20 grand. So there you go, uh, Amit. You're, you're probably a year too late unless unless 18 grand doesn't scare you. Oh, uh, dude, 10 bucks scares me. That's, that's good. <laughs> Franco says, I have no doubt Griffey will hit 500K by the end of the year. I think you're kidding about that. Because just because of the pop on that, I don't see it hitting 500K. It's at about five or six now, I believe. Yeah. Brent says, if you have to ask who the next who is the next trout, he isn't around yet. I like that. That that's a that's a good comment. Franco says trout will probably hit 50 grand by the summer. I mean, that's a big number. That's a big number, but I, I, I win know. a world series. What's that? He's got to win a world series, I think. I mean, part of me wants to say there's no way, Franco, but then the other is like, hey man. Nothing is off the table at this point, right? So cards have been doubling every two weeks for like three months, it seems. If that keeps going, I don't think it will. If that keeps going, we're not going to be far off of 50K for the uh, for the Trout. A good uh, uh, comparison is a PSA 10 uh, Matthew just gone up $800 in, uh, in what, three, four months already? It's insane. Dude, someone tried to buy a PSA 10 Austin Matthews Young Gun off me in like, November, early December. No, it was in December. Yeah. I was asking 600 US. He was like, I'll pay you five. I'm like, sorry, man, it's 600 bucks or I'll just hang on to it. 550, no. Then he, he sends me a message after he goes, ah, I found one for 500. Thanks anyway. I'm like, great, but feel bad for the guy that sold it to you. And now they're doing like over a thousand US. Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. crazy. It's just, just, I don't want to say it's crazy. It's keeping up with everything else that's going on. So it's kind of the new norm in a way. Franco says there's going to be a lot of rich people walking around soon. There are already. There's a lot of cardboard rich people right now. There's no doubt. No doubt. Uh, in name says thanks. Won't tell anyone about his upcoming appearance on Cardboard Culture, guys. If you just if you just got here, guys, I see we've got over 60 people watching right now. Welcome you all to After Hours. These my, these, my two guests here are the co-hosts of Cardboard Culture. We have the on the ticker right now. Go to YouTube, give them a subscription, help them out. Let's support these guys on their new uh, hobby content venture. Daniel says the Canucks D take physical distancing to a new level. <laughs> that should be a meme. That should be like make that into a meme. Yeah. Team James, we need him around. Uh, Kaplan says they beat the Sens. I think he's talking about the Canucks. And unfortunately, that's not, not much to be proud of right now. The Senators are, should be the ones who are the bottom of the division, but I'm, I've got, i got to think it's the Canucks right now. Gimmicky Fiber says to Kent, do you think unlicensed baseball products will hold their value long-term or diminish as the hobby grows? No, I'm going to assume you're talking about a particular company that does unlicensed baseball. Um, yes and no. I think that particular company you're referring to, I mean, they do have some high-end baseball and there is a following for it um i just don't think it'll diminish ever because it's giving hobbyists an alternative to the main 
company that like tops has the main license right people want something to to you know whether it be a little bit less costly a little bit different i don't want to say gimmicky per se um but i think it's giving people an, an alternative option so as long as there's alternative option i don't think it'll ever diminish we already have yeah. seen and i've had conversations with I think Carlos, I can't remember who I talked to this about, but we're seeing Soto's and Tati's rookies in the Panini form. Prisms. Prisms. And because the word prism is there, they're going for good bucks. So uh, license or not, the the shows the wealth of the name in and of itself. Yeah, like, yeah. The, even Trout has a PMG from Upper Deck that is unlicensed, but sells, it's an employee exclusive. Beautiful card. Yeah. Sells for big dough, like at least three grand to get into one of those. I mean, three grand isn't so much big dough anymore in the hobby. Like now, big dough is thirty grand, it seems. Yeah. But to us, it's like three grand. It's still is big dough, right? Like it's crazy. I like this comment by Brent because I agree with it. He says, "I see PSA making the next big upgrade in grading. They have the power and popularity to do so. They're the market leader in grading. They are the market leader, hands down." And I, I'm with you. And 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 now that the sale is is actually going to happen we right. know that that the, the nat turner group is going to take over um psa and collector's universe uh, i have a lot of faith in that company moving forward I'm, I'm i'm very happy about that i like this from matt kfc grading company that was um, hilarious that's pretty funny that's barry from com c our friend says jack hughes young gun felt the 35 to 40 bucks on com c up to the start of the season stayed there because people thought he was a bust now he's 115 plus right didn't have the greatest rookie year, but he's showing that he's getting better and he's scoring and he's doing things. So uh, speaking of the, the Lafreniere thing, and I love that, um, that, that, uh, sorry, I forget who, who, who was it? Paul told us about what's happening in New York, that, uh, that they're easing Lafreniere into the system. That's going to pay dividends down the road for them. Too many players have been rushed to be the leader at a young age. And then they just something it's a, it's a, it's a psychological issue. It doesn't work out well. So kudos yeah. to the Rangers. That's good management right there. Is that still Glenn Sather? I wonder, cause that's the last time the Oilers had good management. He's, he's the goat of managers. He's the goat of managers. Brian Kingsley says after the grading wars are over, you don't want to get stuck with Confederate bucks. <laughs> well said. Barry, I'm fine with a friend. You're not scoring right now. Yeah. Those who understand, hockey prospects and you know easing in we are with you barry but the greater hobby doesn't get it like by greater hobby i mean the people who came over from basketball football baseball wrestling pokemon came in and are expecting immediate dividends on the ice because of what that young gun was selling for pre you know right when it came out i bought three today because i saw it dipping so i was like i'm gonna scoop them up I'm up. Maybe it's not a yeah, don't be a, don't be a seller right now, be a buyer. Perhaps maybe they'll go down even more. Who knows? Franco says Tatis is a five-tool guy, does everything well. He's naturally gifted. Uh, and that's the reason to buy somebody. I, I five-tool guys are the guys to, to be buying, in my opinion, as far as my opinion is good when it comes to uh when it comes to baseball. Seb says to get top loader top loaders these days, you have to buy base cards on Com C and check the box saying you want a top loader. I wonder if they're going to run out to them. Franco, I don't know what this is in relation to, just like Gary B predicted with the, with, with a hmm again. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what that's about. Chad, great show tonight, guys. Getting late in the U.S., so we'll finish on the replay. Hey, Chad, it's not it's not late on the on the uh, West Coast, so maybe you should stick around for a while still. 
I'm just bugging you. I think Amit makes an astute point. I'd rather have the top load than the Jordan card too. <laughs> Carlos, more, Paul says Carlos is more to Amit than the Palfy fanboy we all know and love. Carlos, gotta drop a, a Ziggy reference. I'll only we need, do, we I'll need do some, show and I'll do like Carlos's show, but uh, I'm trying to keep Ziggy out of our other show. But can I tell you what the most valuable thing is right now, Jeremy? Yeah, penny sleeves. Penny sleeves. I know. They're tough. They're tough. I just want to go through these final Palfi comments here, uh, but especially this one here. Palfi was like was was like Jagger light, and I agree with that. He was like Jagger light. So here's speaking of Ziggy Palfi, I happen to have a card right here of his that I just picked up. Oh, nice. 0203 trilogy patch card, not numbered, game use patch. And the reason why this is here is because I recently bought like. This is a 42-card set, and I just bought, like, 33 cards in one bunch off a guy who had to abandon the set. And I'm like, all right, I'll take those. Those are nice. There's some sweet cards in here. So a couple of Gretzky's, a nice Patrick Waugh, Martin Brodeur, some amazing cards. For our Vancouver fans out there, there's a nice Marcus Naslund with a sweet piece of the old jersey, the old skate patch there. Anyway, I won't show all those, but that was cool. Ruru says, I see 88, 89, 90 Jordan cards going up. Yeah, all the Jordan cards going up in price. Colin Murray, the guys that brought the that bought the Jordan for $650 could all have, have one already that they paid $20K for three years ago, and now it's worth $650. Sure they could have, of course, yeah. Jeremy, you need to show off your collection. I'd love to see it on an episode one day. I hate to say it, but it would take more than a day, Franco. It would take more than a day. Hockey, uh, hockey guy Trout isn't winning a World Series anytime soon. The show earlier was one of my favorite. Oh, that's cool, Chris. Thanks for thanks for sharing. Yeah, Mike was an awesome guest. He was he was he's just a he's the kind of guy you want running card shops, right? For yeah. sure. Yes, hundred percent. And he's genuine. He's fun. He made me smile. He's the kind of we don't have enough of those guys, man. No, no, not nearly enough. No. Yeah, I, I think he's a, he's a great guy too. He was he was super nice even afterwards in chat. Uh, well, after we killed the end of the broadcast and kind of said our goodbyes. Um, <clears throat> super nice guy. Super nice guy. Hockey guy, I want to see the Canucks play the Sharks, battle of the trash cans. <laughs> says, what we're seeing is the legitimizing of the hobby. The rich have gotten in and taken it as a legitimate alternative of investing, just like people collect and invest in art and paintings. Like, bingo. I, I That's what I see and hear is happening. We'll leave it at that. You can't, uh, you can't hold a Picasso, right? You can hold a Trump card, pretty easy, right? Makes it yeah, very well, yeah. You're not, you're not, you're not taking your Picasso to your buddies to show them. Last night, I actually went to a friend's house. We we were, you know, wear wore our masks. We were hanging out in his heated garage, and I took a bag of cards to show him. I literally put, well, it was a bubble mailer. I took a bubble mailer full of cards to show him that I got in. I'm not taking my Picasso with me. I'm also yeah. not taking my stock certificates or. Whipping out my hey, check out my stock, my stock portfolio holdings, right? Like who does that? Cards are are so much more fun to share and more appropriate to share with your like-minded friends who are in the hobby as well. You know, I just had a thought, Jeremy. Yeah, man. I don't know why I don't own a share in Collector's Universe stock. I should have bought one. Too late now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's like 92 bucks or something, but they're, you know, it's going to be delisted right away. They are taking, they, it is going private still. Ooh, that's know. right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Daniel say, hi, Kent. Do pitchers get less hobby love than the batters? 
sadly, yes. And it's just because um, people like to see the big show. They like to see the home runs. They like to see the 5-2 players. Pitchers, um, they're kind of one and done. Like, for example, a perfect example is like for all the accolades that Clayton Kershaw has, his rookie cards aren't that high. And they're quite affordable, to be honest with you. Um, that's just the way the hobby is. The, the, people want to see the, the 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 muscular guys like you know Pete Alonso, Mike Trout's. That's just what attracts uh, the hobbyists, the, the the baseball collectors. Yeah, man, it's like it's like the other sports too. Right? Hockey, it's all about the scores, less about the goalies and the defender. Basketball, it's about the scores, less about the big man. Right? It's all about. I mean, in football, it's all about the quarterbacks. Yeah. And a few receivers and a few running backs. And those guys are so risky. Their careers just don't last very long unless you become an Emmett Smith or a Jerry sure. Rice. Even a Barry Sanders didn't last very long. You can have some great guys that are going to be collectible for many, many decades, but a lot tougher there. I, I agree with that. Uh, Terry, yeah, I just had to look under the loop to see what year this was. But yeah, these are 0304. I said 0203. Terry catches the details. He knows his stuff. Chris says it's amazing how people watching this group of shows is now picking up palfy cards who says you we aren't influencers jeremy that's <laughs> funny chris i only picked up the palfy it was in the set the guy had it i didn't go i didn't go looking for it but palfy was a great player it's like we're we make fun of him on youtube a few of the you know carlos's channel here amish dave and now you and now cardboard culture i'm sure but the guy was a legitimate stud like he was he was a jagger light he scored a lot of points in his day I, I won't, for Kent. Oh, go ahead of me. I won't joke. I actually put Ziggy Palfy on our list. <laughs> oh, yes. Get him as a guest on the show. So that'll I, hope be... I hope he's a genuine collector then, because that would that would fit your theory, your theme for sure. We'll, we'll see. Gimmicky Fibers. Kent, do you think the upcoming bargaining agreement in MLB will hurt the value of the cards this year, or do you think the hobby is denying the potential of another strike? um that's a good question i think the way the hobby is reacting right now i i would lean towards denying the potential of another strike for sure all right there we go there we go i'm going to ignore peter chow's comment because i can't bear to to admit that calgary would be below van be below vancouver in the standings that just doesn't make any sense i don't think vancouver's won any one only like one or two games yeah picasso can't tear an acl that's been that that line's been making its way around the the non-athletes of the of the hobby Dave Kaplan, lots of talk about Laffy, but what about the rookies that are actually doing something? Suter, Kaprizov, Smith, Hoglander. I'm seeing these artifacts, rookie redemptions that may be these guys. They will be those guys. Upper Deck's not going to mess around. They will make those the guys that the hobby wants them to be. They're not going to mess that up. Um, the other thing is the, that list of players, there's nothing sexy there. There's nothing sexy about any of those players there. Maybe, maybe Hoglander. I don't know anything about him, but if he's as young, if he's 18 years old, maybe Kaprizov, my understanding is like he's 23 years old, not your traditional type of rookie. So, you know, in terms of the, the, the sexiness of a prospect to uh, to invest in, I think it's still going to be all around Lafreniere and even uh, rookies of prior years. Anything to add to that, Amit? There's a lot of rookies outside of this year that you can you can write home about. There's still a lot of guys that are that are making making noise. I mean, you just have to look at Comp C and see what's hot on the page. Just refresh, click rookie card, and you'll see what people are prospecting pretty easily. Um, I do like Pius Suter. I think that's what you're referring to. Yeah, um, Hoglander looks good. Kaprizov is older, so it might not be the guy you want to collect. Ty Smith is young. 
But then you got to give these guys time. I don't prospect hockey. I'd rather wait till they're a little bit more proven. Like even McDavid, I didn't buy McDavid. I think you were the same, Jeremy. We didn't buy McDavid until year two or year yeah. three. Yeah. yeah, true. I think Pius Suter uh, had a hat trick the other day, actually. So, oh. I mean, I think so. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he had a hat trick. So that's sexy, but, you know, it, I, you don't hear anyone else talking about him, and and I don't either until right now tonight with uh, Dave Kaplan's uh, comment. But maybe he'll maybe he'll grow into his uh, sexiness. All right, enough of that. Why is there no love for the Messier rookie card only available in Opeachy and a total stud? Oilers twenty twenty. Welcome. Well, there is, there is a ton of love for that card. Actually, his PSA ten card like catapulted from being like a two thousand dollar card to well into the twenty to twenty five thousand dollar level and there there is love for it but it's not he hasn't really his love the love for his for his rookie card i don't believe has been picked up by the non-hockey collectors yet not by enough of them i think some have uh there is no peachy he was a high number card in oh sorry he was a high number card no peachy there's no tops card uh which i think lends is good for the Opeachy card. I think it makes the Opeachy that much more elusive or that much more interesting and desirable. So, um, but, but there is love for it, uh, is my perception, Oilers 2020. Yeah. Jay Sutt, welcome back. Have you guys heard about the 81 Red Rooster, long hair, Gretzky long hair, pulled from distribution because he didn't like Heard of it? Yeah. Don't mean to be rude. Don't like the card. Those are ugly cards, in my opinion. I just, it's not even something I care about. You, you guys? It's it's low on my totem pole, but it was an interesting story because it just shows how much pull he had back then. If it's true that he's like, don't push that card out. But honestly, I would never want to own it. It's not to me. It's yeah. It's not even on my radar. It's it's it's. I've got a pretty diverse collection, and it's not even. It's just not on my radar at all. It's off my radar. Franco says pitchers get no love. We yeah we we agree with that. Colin says pitchers play every five games. I think that's a really important reason why part of the reason why they don't get any love but they're also let's face it the camera is on them quite a bit right yeah. the, the the tv camera is on them quite a bit when they're when they're playing uh it's on them more than anybody else actually because the players the batters come and go three four five six per inning that's that same pitcher pitching but they're they don't play enough maybe to uh to impact the over the overall season a team can have I know that's uh, I got to think about that a bit, but um, uh, Kent, what 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 do you? I mean, we talked about you know, never mind. We already talked about it. <laughs> Rich says, leave the Palfies alone. Uh, Ruru, great show, great info. Good night and go Raiders. Hopefully we get Deshaun Watson. Thanks you for tuning in, Ruru. Ty Smith is a defenseman. Makes sense. Franco says Palfy had skill. He just had the misfortune of playing on a few bad teams. I remember him best lighting it up for the Islanders. Right, he played for the LA Kings, and I just lost interest in him on the LA Kings. I forget where he went after that, but I think he played for a few more teams still. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. I think Palfi also, like, he played what I remember most is didn't he play with the Islanders on that, that cartoon logo? Did they yeah. have a cartoon logo? Yeah, that's how I remember him. The Fisherman's Friend or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Chris makes a good point here. He says Palfi left the NHL due to getting tired of the travel schedule, and that actually rings a bell. I think I remember hearing that back when. Uh, we're confirmed. Suter, Pia Suter did have the hat trick. Yeah, Barry confirms as well. Peter says, what do you folks think about the day trading aspect of basketball, shuffling over to hockey with Toffoli, etc.? I mean, 
It's actually happening quite often, more often than you think. Uh, it's happening on comp C. You'll see it every day. You'll go and you'll see people flipping young guns and of rookies because they're day trading young guns and rookies on comp C, and I see it all the time. So people are definitely applying it. Now, I think it's a small group of people, and I think it's a very dangerous game to play because it's also like a commodity stock. Like I've seen an example, Konechny went to $25. Now he's back down to 9 So if you got in too late, you lost your shirt. That was uh, Konechny on the Philadelphia. Konechny on the Philadelphia Flyers, just to clarify, yeah. Yeah. So, like, uh, it is happening. And what do I think about it? I don't really like it, but at the same time, that's not the game I play. I look at futures, like what's going on five, six years from now. Yeah. And I, I just think we got to get used to it because it, it, it is what is happening in the hobby now. A lot of the people that have come in over the last year and a bit now came over from that kind of culture, the sneaker culture, the day trading culture. Yeah. And it, it, it's it's a part of it now. And we either have to accept it, adapt, and move forward, or bitch complain, and then bitch and complain some more. I think for, for me, it's accepting that it's here, but I still am collecting my style. It hasn't altered my vision. Right. Yeah. When I say adapt and move forward, I mean adapt to how we let it fit into our our hobby not saying you have to get into it at all yeah just to clarify that yannick says what are your guys vision on the hga we talked about it already yannick and our basics uh, to summarize um we think you know they we, we think they're gonna have trouble getting market share basically at the end of the day and for their for cards and their slabs to to see the same value that those in psa and bgs slabs do suitor is older than kaprizov i did not know that so wow. another old rookie and those old rookies just don't fare that well in the no. hobby for very long. Billy Celio, your uh, guest from episode number one of Cardboard Culture. Again, we got people coming in and out of the chat, in and out of watching. So if you just got here, guys, these are the co-hosts of Cardboard Culture, the new channel on YouTube. Check it out in the, on the ticker right now. Go give them a subscribe on YouTube and uh, let's help support these guys. What else? Oh, go ahead. Someone wants to, uh, me? Is that you? No, no, I was going to wait for you to read the questions. Okay, okay. I, well, uh, we've got people talking. Well, let's see what Rich says. To Dave Kaplan, the guys that are sexy in hockey equal high draft choice, Canadian scoring, point-getting centermen. The others get much less love. Yeah, there's, you know, some goalies, some wingers, of course, uh, but and even a couple defensemen nowadays, but much less, I think, is still accurate. And I, th I think Dave probably is, is aware, but, I mean, it's always fun to look past Lafreniere and see what other options there are, especially with Series 2 coming out soon and Series 1 now being out for a few months. What what other options are there for people that want to prospect and invest, invest in some some young guys? Stutzel is probably the guy in Ottawa, Stutzel. Uh, yeah. probably, I think he's setting uh, a good pace with his uh, scoring. He's scored quite a bit so far. Yeah. Uh, the one thing uh, I believe Rich says is about the picks being Canadian – I'm really hoping that Ovi and uh, Elias Pedersen have changed the mindset in terms of people only going for the Canadian players. Austin Matthews, again, another example. Um, I think that more and more people are coming over into the hockey culture and card culture. They'll start seeing points on the board versus what they look like or where they're from. So I'm really, really hoping that Ovechkin has broken that mold. So I hope I, 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 hope I don't hear that again, to be honest with you. I think Ovechkin ha has done that. He's done it for me. As a collector, Ovechkin deserves to be in my collection yeah. as much as Sidney Crosby does. And yeah. that's, I mean, I'm not going to compare him to Wayne Gretzky or to Bobby Orr or Gordie Howe, but because that's a different thing. But Sidney Crosby, there's a there's a lot of, a lot of parallels there. And uh, yeah, 
I, I'm, I think he deserves it 100%. Paul says that uh, Nick Suzuki's cards have been climbing lately. Yeah, I've been hearing about that. I don't follow them, but I've been hearing that. Chris says the Gretzky Rooster is like the Nike Jordan postcard. I agree. To me, they're just not on my – although that Nike Jordan is a nicer-looking piece. The Gretzky, those Rooster cards, I look at them and, you know, I almost start gagging. Like, it's just not a nice-looking card at all. Just not at all. Franco Dubs asks a very good question. Why doesn't Pavel Bury get more respect in the hobby? Top five when it comes to overall skill all time. So that's subjective, but he gets he gets some very regionally focused love, I've noticed. Yeah. Um, you know, better question for the guys from Vancouver that are in the chat, like Rich, like Dave, who may know. But he, you know, you look at his nice high-end cup cards, they go for, you know, money, big money, as you know. Up there with anybody who's not named Gretzky Crosby, pretty much they get they get some big dollars. So he does get some love in the hobby, some respect. He doesn't have a lot of cards. Is another thing. Doesn't have enough a, a lot of cards like so many other players. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't sign as well as much either. Actually, if Billy still maybe he can confirm, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't sign as much. He doesn't have that much out there. No, he signed but for upper deck for a few years with, and you know had some cup cards, probably some SPA and that. But I like this uh, Matt Godfrey, like like Greg Maddox said. Chicks dig the long ball. <laughs> so the hobbies, we're like a bunch of chicks here in the hobby. I love it. I love it. Uh, Jordan wants to know if we should look at the SEL fantasy hockey standings. Um, not right now because we're running short on time. Gimmicky five, just because these guys are on the East Coast. And we're already we're already uh, 20 minutes past when we said we would be. Kent, do you think that the hype of quantity of rookies in Series 1 coming out Tuesday is taking away from the quality of the actual rookies? Or do you think this release is going to be a stud? Uh, to be honest with you, I think it's going to be a stud. And the reason why I say that is because Tops held back a lot of these rookies that should have been in 2020, uh, yeah, 2020 Tops update. So there's a lot of people that are going to break this stuff, I'll tell you right now, and they're going to want to pull the key rookies from this Series 1 for sure. So, uh, yeah. So you, you know think what's scary about that? What's scary about that, Kent, is 2020's rookie class was phenomenal. So oh, I can't wait. A 21's rookie class is going to be is almost on par with those names already. And that doesn't even mention the guys we don't know yet. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, guys. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. I'm going to ask the chat, guys. I know it's going to be tough, but can you stop commenting? So, because we got to wrap up here in about five minutes. <laughs> um, so, I'm, but I, I don't, the reason I ask you to stop commenting, because if you keep commenting, I'm going to want to keep going. So, now watch. They're going to keep commenting. And oh, I do yeah. For Jordan, I do want to, you know, at the end, Jordan, we'll bring on the, the stats. So I, I think, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely bring them on. But we'll do it at the end, maybe even after these guys leave, just because it's late for them. Dawadeen says, I think people will shift back to modern cards. These Hall of Famers are going up so much. Regular folks can't afford them. They will go back to Jaw Luca Zion. I agree with that sentiment. Um, but going back to Jaw Luca Zion, they're not, they're, they're not cheap either, right? That's the thing. Prospects are expensive. The top prospects are expensive and young guys. The legends are expensive. It's like you got to be extra savvy these days to find something that still has a lot of room. So I don't know what they're going to shift back. Maybe they just shift back to lower graded cards, that kind of thing, right? You don't need PSA 9. Sorry, you don't need PSA 10 of a Luca. A PSA 9 is still a beautiful card. Who cares if it's a little bit off-centered? It's still a nice card. Back in the day, back in the 80s, all you cared about was mint condition. That, yeah. There were no numbers. It was, is it mint condition? And trust me when I tell you, cards that are in PSA 7s and 8 slabs, 8s for sure would have been considered mint condition in the 80s, late 80s even. So, And a PSA 9 is called mint. 
A BGS9 is called Mint. It's not a bad card to get into. I mean, look at the Michael Jordan PSA 9. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Instead of holding out for a 10 and not buying a 9, you're lucky if you bought a 9 back in the day. So, Franco says, can't wait to see the crowd at Toronto Expo if it ever happens this year. I think we'll have one by November. I'm, I I hope. I hope. Fingers crossed. November, I was, I, my gut feel is going to be, it'll be the November show will be held in December. Like, that's my, my gut feel. And Jeremy, we're going to need a, another booth but a couch for all the people that are going to come visit us now. Can you imagine? Well, I mean, I, I still, I'm still going to, when I go to the expo, I'm going there to transact, to buy and sell cards. So, you know, I'm happy to say hi to anybody that comes by, of course, and have some people hang out. Sure. But, you know, you, you know what it's like for me at expo. I mean, it's like I'm dealing, I'm doing deals. I want to, I want to. Same with us. We, we we just like we're just hogging cards and slinging cards, right? But it's gonna be like, hold on. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it is. I can't wait for. It. I can't wait for the next national, next expo. They're gonna be so much fun, and you know, and being uh, in the content creation space, I think we'll make it that much more fun because so many more people know us. Yeah, now, yeah. and that's gonna make it fun to yeah. to get to meet a lot of these people face to face, shake some hands or bump elbows, yeah. and just talk hobby and meet more people. Uh, Colin Murray says, Palfy played with Mario and Crosby in 05, then went home, career complete. That's not a bad way to end your career, playing in Pittsburgh with Crosby and Lemieux. Thank you very much, Keith. Glad to have you. Anyone, again, don't forget, guys, to go and uh, subscribe to Cardboard Culture. Go just look it up on YouTube, and uh, you'll find it. Give them a subscribe. Kelly Winters, great to have you. Thank you for joining. Frank says, the expo is going to be a license to print money. I can't wait. Yeah, no doubt. Yannick, sorry, Jeremy, meant the hybrid technology behind the grading, the future of grading in general. No disrespect, but they have a long way to go. Yeah, I don't know what their technology is. I don't know what, what they mean by automation or by computer. I, I don't know what, what that is exactly. So until I do, I don't believe in computerized grading. I don't think that it can do as good of a job as humans. I just don't think so. I know humans don't do a great job, or I don't say they don't do a great job. The consistency is lacking across the board, but I think we're going to see it tightened up at PSA for sure with new leadership. I know uh, Jeremy Murray from Beckett said their holders are going to be improved after they've gone through this this uh, counterfeited holder issue. So um, I think any other company coming in is, you know, there's a lot of industries that are ripe for disruption. And a lot of people would argue that the grading one, are, the grading aspect of the hobby is ripe for disruption. I don't see it though. I mean, it might be right, but I think it's harder to do than it is to disrupt the restaurant industry or the coffee industry. Um, so I don't know that I could be talking on my butt for all I know right now, but I mean, it just, uh, I, I just don't see it. Hockey guy says Pavel Bray gets a ton of love for high end rare stuff. And sorry guys, Kent and the meat. I'm just trying to get through the comments now. We'll, we'll wrap this up in three minutes. We'll go an hour and a half and be done. Say some goodbyes. Yep. Okay. Pavel Bure does get a lot of love. The fight for his uh, cards are crazy. Okay, so he gets the love. We know. I'm going to skip the rest of the Bure comments. Yeah, we'd all love to go back. Could you imagine going back 12 months right now? We'd all be billionaires, Franco. Yeah. We'd all be billionaires. Dawa Dean lets us know that Jerry Rice PSA 10 sold for 125000 to PWCC. Get the 8s and 9s, 7s. Oh, my gosh. Good night, Yannick. Great to have you. Seb says, if you want to spend time with Jeremy at the Expo, bring cards he wants. Yeah, for sure. I love looking at cards. I love looking at cards. Yannick says, hybrid can take care of the 
measures, but humans still grade the eye appeal. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Maybe, maybe it can handle the centering and the, yeah, I can measure the card for sure. But what about a card that has a bit of a bow to it? Right. Oh yeah. 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 Prism, Prism Opeachy platinum, older cards, they, they start to bow anything with a chromium, anything with two different materials on it. Right. They, one of them, they, they can expand at different rates. Just, just like, just like happens when things get cold, you know, they, they don't, they don't always stay, they don't always move at the same rate and you get these bowing happening. So yeah, if they're going to flatten it too, which means touching the surface, who wants their surfaces touched? I don't know. Take the workload off. Yeah. I, I just don't see it. I, I, but I don't see it, but I'm open-minded enough to say, show me, show me and I'll buy in, show yep. me and I'll buy in. And then I'll sing a different tune. I promise. So yeah, I'm done. <laughs> Thanks, Yannick. Um, okay, guys. Well, listen, I mean, uh, any Kent, any uh, final words from you about anything? Uh, you want any more plugs for Cardboard Culture? You guys had your first episode last Tuesday. Second episode is coming up this Tuesday. Anything you want to say? I just say, you know what? Stay tuned. We're going to have more guests for sure. And again, to, to touch upon what we had said earlier, uh, if anybody didn't uh, catch us at the beginning, uh, we're going to try to have inclusivity and, and just genuine people that are passionate about the hobby and what they collect. So stay tuned for that. And we appreciate the followership, uh, the viewership and the followership. And, and Jeremy, I want to thank you too for having us on tonight. I really appreciate it. Um, and thank you very much. Hi, man. It's uh, it's my pleasure to have you. You know, you know, I'm supportive of you guys and we're friends and expo pals, neighbors, all that. So, uh, hey, man, th thank you for saying that. And it's it's my pleasure. Final comments from you, Amit, and uh, I think we'll sign off. If it, and if the guys in the chat, you want to say your final goodbyes and good nights, it is. Uh, it just hit midnight here where I am, so I'm about done myself. But Amit, uh, back to you, and then we'll, we're going to end this thing. Yeah. So Kent already picked up on it. Um, we're all about diversity, inclusivity, and just genuine people, and about passionate and inspirational stories. So. Uh, we have a Gmail address, which is if you join our Facebook group or message us on our Cardboard Culture YouTube channel, you can get a hold of us. Uh, if you have people you feel would be the right fit or the right bill for such a, a topic and conversation and, uh, and wouldn't mind getting on, on TV or TV, YouTube, give us a holler and, never, and let us know and we'll uh, check it out. Other than that, thanks, Jeremy, for having us on. I can't wait to do this. And I hope I see and talk to you in our 10-year anniversary. <laughs> that's awesome man for sure for sure um okay we have a few final comments here colin lets you know you're at 53 subscribers now guys I, what were you at when we started 43 43 yeah, I like that, yeah. 43 so we've had about we've had well over we've had i mean right now there's 50 people watching guys help these guys out go give them a sub on youtube even if you catch every second third fourth fifth episode it doesn't matter the sub number it just it's encouraging. It helps content creators want to continue what they're doing. It's nice feedback. So give them that. Give them a thumbs up. We'll take a thumbs up on this video. If you've enjoyed the shows tonight, give give a thumbs up. If you haven't enjoyed the shows tonight, still give us a thumbs up. You're still here. Terry Fortune, thank you for joining in. Name says, only been on YouTube a few days and already have more subscribers than me. Great work, guys. There you go. Paul, good night to you. Pleasure to have you. And no hard feelings on the Oilers, uh, Oiler Flames banter. Franco says, can't wait to see you guys at Expo. Can't wait to see you at Expo too, Franco. And to everybody, if you're still watching, you come to Expo. Don't be shy. Come say hello. Let us know who you are. Yeah. Uh, I want to meet everybody. I really do. 
Seb says, the pleasure is to play. Makes no difference what you say. Don't share your greed. The only card I need is the Ace of Spades. The Ace of Spades. That must be lyrics from... Is that is that Motorhead? Yep. That's Motorhead, isn't it? Love it. Hog Chris, thank you very much. Gimmicky Fibers, thank you for joining tonight. Pleasure to have you. Fellas, what do you think? Is that it? I, 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 I'm barely audible as I, as I talk to this. Right? I, think we're, I think we're tapped out. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to sign off. You you two, though, wait right there a minute. Everybody else, guys, thank you for tuning in tonight. I had a lot of fun with, with on both shows tonight. Back on next Saturday with Patrick Bet David, one, probably the guest I've had who has the most followers and subscribers himself in the whole, in, in, in the hobby. I think he's got like over 3 million uh, YouTube subscribers and like five on Instagram, something like that. So that should be fun. We have him for a short time, not the whole episode, but we'll take what we can get from this guy. So should be a good time. That's next Saturday. And uh, that's it. Good night, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and have a great week ahead and uh, enjoy the Super Bowl tomorrow. And good night. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.